Hi, Pastor Greg here. I am the pastor of the Jordan Assembly of God Church in Montana. You are listening to the live Sunday service that streams most Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Mountain Time. If you would like to listen to past broadcasts, you can find us at www.agjordanmt.com. You can find links for our live broadcast as well as links to past broadcasts. Look for Jordan Assembly of God Church on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podbean, or Spotify. Or if you like to watch the service, you can follow the video links and subscribe to be notified when we go live. We are doing a series on both letters written to the Christians in Thessalonica called Thessalonians. So without further introduction, Thessalonians. We are in interactions and we have been um, going through and in First Thessalonians and talking about how God develops our character um, that's the fruit that he's developing within us, how he gives us identity, how we need to have the effect that God does in our lives affect us, which means look upon something nat- that's not natural and actually mold our lives after that. And so that our longing as we're going through our character change, so that our longing is to honor God. So it's not just the fact that I'm honoring God. It's not just the fact that I am I'm doing things for God. It's the fact that my character is longing to. I have that want to actually honor God. And that we do this in truth and integrity found by abiding in God, abiding in Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, our cornerstone led by the Holy Spirit, that we may be awake and be alive in the Spirit. For in the light, the end is not a thief in the night. Remember how that talking, that that future time when things are, this will happen as a thief in the night. Well, that's a thief in the night for those who live in darkness, not those who live in light. And that as a leader, we learned about leadership, that the character that we have a, ser- a character that is a servant of all, who's, l- who's the last of all, who that a leader is gifted that that gift by God he's chosen and how we should treat them is to esteem them highly in love for their work's sake. And now Paul is going to be dealing with people's interactions with one another. And one of the major things, the, the best thing that I could... That, that as I was going through this, that just came to my heart, was the interaction that Jesus had with Peter. Because Peter is like a lot of us in the fact that I don't think there's a person alive that hasn't failed, that hasn't gone through that question of, can I be forgiven? Can I find grace and mercy? Can I find it? And Peter, after denying Christ, Jesus comes to him. And in John chapter 21, looking at verses 16 through 19, Jesus says, he said to him, actually, I'll go up a little bit further. So when they had eaten, this is verse 15, by the way, I apologize. So when they had eaten, 
breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. And when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, Follow me. That interaction means so much. Because after the things that Peter went through, and for Jesus to look upon him, and the grace and the mercy that was shown, and the love that was shown, and then to look at a person and say, all right, follow me. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for who you are and what you do. And I want to thank you for, oh, Father, just us being here. And I pray, Father, that we may glorify you. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. So... Part one of interactions. And Paul ticks off a list of things dealing with our interactions. And we will be looking at one portion of that, namely, specifically, our interactions with other people. And first off, um, we're going to deal with a term, interact. Um, it's not really that long of a term. It's actually a very short term, which is funny because it's basically a short piece between others. So interaction literally means a short piece between others. And if we really truly think of our interactions, even if we have like a really long conversation or even when we have daily interactions with one another, how really quickly does it take do we measure the interaction with another the person's conversation the person's dress the way they look the way they smell the way they are around every single thing within within a few minutes it's a short brief interaction when compared to everything going on and the next thing how quickly do we know if we want to have more or less interaction with that individual don't say anything. Normally, though, it's very quickly. It's very, very quickly. You understand if you want to have more or less of an interaction with another person. So in those short periods with others, as we interact with, with other people, Paul sets out these three parts. Our interactions with others our interactions with the spiritual, so others being people, believers, even God, and how we interact with the Holy Spirit. Our interactions with the spiritual, the situations that are inspired by God, the things that go on around us, and our interactions with 
the end. When we look at the ultimate, when we look at what happens, because really our hope of salvation, our hope of eternity, everything that comes in after, the what is to come. Now we're going to, like I said, specifically, we're going to be dealing with people today. And so if you'll make it to First Thessalonians 5, and we're going to be looking at verse 14. And this is right after he talks about the leaders and, and how the leaders should be treated. And then in verse 14, Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. To exhort, if we get into the very next one here, to exhort, to call near, to invite, to invoke, to implore, to beseech, to call for. We beseech you, we exhort you, brethren, warn, to put in mind, to caution, or to reprove gently those who are unruly. Now, what does unruly mean? Unruly means those insubordinate, not submitting to authority. So, gently warn, we beseech you to gently warn, to gently reprove, meaning don't come across, don't, you know, don't, we're not talking about getting in a person's face, we're not talking about that, we're talking about gentleness, we're talking about love. Those not submitting to authority. So here's where people kind of get this, get, you know, have in the past how we deal with things. Because whose authority are we submitting to? Whose authority? It would be God's authority. Right? And so when we talk about people who are struggling with this, understand this. You and I, all struggle with dealing with authority. Some place in our lives that we are actually humbling ourselves and needing to actually do. I cannot tell you how many times I have had friends, people who have had to come up to me and have encouraged me and gently reproved because there was something that I was struggling with on the inside. And I had to go to God and I had to basically say, all right, where am I not listening? Where do I need to be corrected? Where am I not following after? Where do I need that thing that, 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 so that I can have a deeper walk with? It gets a bad, it, it kind of like, oh, you're getting after people. It's not what I'm talking about. So I'm talking about when you see a friend who is struggling, you see a friend who is actually having this, and we're struggling with that. I don't know of a person alive that doesn't struggle with some of the things that God is asking them to do. Because why? Even Paul states, our flesh battles against the spirit so that we do not do what we want to do. 
And sometimes a friend is exactly what is needed. There are sometimes there's a phone call that I get, there's a text that I receive, or there's something that happens that encourages me in a certain way. And, it, and it's like, all right, God, what are you trying to tell me? All right, God, where am I unruly in certain areas? Where am I not listening in certain areas? And you're like, well, Greg, you're the pastor. Yes, and I'm following after God. I'm following after Jesus. I always, always, always hear my mom's voice. Do I like it when my mom got after me? No. Did I think she was wrong? Yes, I did. Only to be proven wrong myself. So it's that humbling portion that says, and, and not gently reprove. We we jump to the, the, the getting after those who are unruly and we forget about how we as the body of Christ need to interact with one another. When we do something, it needs to be gently, which means and it needs to be in a loving manner, which means that it's not what you feel would work for you. It's how are they going to take it? It's not how you feel like, well, they should just understand. No, that's not what it's about. It's how can I, in a loving way, deliver a message that's a hard message, but it's something that I feel that my brother or my sister needs to hear. How can I do that? Well, I definitely don't do it without prayer, and I definitely don't do it without love, and I definitely don't do it without listening to what God has to say about it. Because there are times when the best thing that I could do is pray for the person and I keep the lips shut. But there are times when I need to actually go to a person and I need to pray and I need to encourage and I need to build up and I need to focus on those things. How can one do that? Do it in prayer. Do it in love. Gently. How do we interact with one another? I kid you not, we as the body of Christ, working together in love, with wisdom, with wisdom, dealing with things. And then the very next one, comfort the faint-hearted. And basically means little-spirited. Do not put bigger burdens on somebody that God does not already put on. Don't put your stuff on another person, but comfort those. Because they are walking in the Lord just like you are walking in the Lord. They are learning about God just as you are learning about God. And just because you are in a particular area does not necessarily mean that that other individual is in the same area. So don't put anything more on a person. Comfort them. Build them up. Encourage them. How do we interact with one another? I promise this is not long. The second one, or the, I should say, number four, but to uphold, to encourage the weak, 
comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, encourage. Do not put down, do not, uh, uh, do not shame, because that is not how you encourage a person. That's not how you build them up. That is not how you strengthen. And, and, and this word literally means to adhere to. Meaning that no matter what is going on, I'm right here. But Greg, they're, they're really getting themselves. I'm, I'm still in prayer. Maybe I can be in prayer. Maybe I can encourage. Maybe I can contact. Maybe I can call. Maybe I can. There's a lot of things that I, that I can do. Maybe that's all I can do, but I adhere to those that are weak. Do not, do not separate yourself from them, but adhere to them. And then be, be patient with all. Patient. Forbearing. Long-suffering. Oh, wait. I seem to recall long-suffering being something very kind of important. Almost as if it might be one of the, fruit, the, the parts of the whole fruit of the Spirit. Long-suffering. To be patient with all. With all. I think that is very in, intriguing because we have a tendency to be patient with certain situations or certain people and paul says be patient with all well obviously he didn't mean that other person because he he never knew about that other person he's never had to deal with that other person he obviously didn't mean about all when it comes to that no he did say be patient with all and the thing that came to me the thing that hit me was in James chapter 1, looking at verses 1 through 8. In James chapter 1, looking at verses 1 through 8, just a few books over. And it says, James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your, of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Ask in faith. Patience. Okay, so this is one of my high things. I never, you know, pray for wisdom, totally. I, if you pray for patience, just understand that it's not that you are going to have things go well around. It's that you're going to be patient in the midst of everything going around. Does God give you patience or does God give you the opportunity to, to be patient? Right? And then, and then Paul says, Use that patience with everybody, with everybody around, with everything going on around. So in our action, in our interactions with others, have patience, uphold, 
comfort and warn so that, heading back into 1 Thessalonians 5.15, so that we see that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good both for yourselves and for all. Meaning, I'm not just going to pursue what is good for myself, but I'm going to pursue what is good for my brother. I'm going to pursue what is good for my sister. I'm also going to pursue what is good for all. Love your enemies is in there. Encourage those who are around. Notice that the interaction that Jesus had with Peter how he, he, I mean, he didn't, he, he, he told him exactly what was going to happen. But he went to him in love and he said, follow after me. Despite what you have done, find forgiveness and follow after me. This is what's going to happen to you. But it's worth it. Follow after me. Jesus, nobody knows the path that you take. Nobody knows where you are going to be tomorrow or the phone call that you will receive. I don't know that. But I do know that God never leaves you nor forsakes you. Follow after him. And so next week, we're going to be dealing with part two and we're going to be dealing with God, how we interact with God and how we interact with the Holy Spirit. And, and Lord willing, hopefully we might be done with First Thessalonians. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for this day and thank you for this time. I pray, Father, that we may just have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the day and that you be praised and that you may be glorified. And as we step into taking communion, Father, I pray that we may have a wonderful fellowship time remembering the reason why we're here and remembering the price that was paid. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. I hope that you enjoyed it. To follow along with this series, you can go to www.agjordanmt.com and following the links for current and past broadcasts. I hope that you have a wonderful day.